Welcome in. It's the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you alongside. Hope everyone had a great week of celebrating the Milwaukee Bucks uh, winning the NBA championship. Obviously, we had a lot of fun with that here on the show as well. Uh, As always, you can uh, catch up with us on our social media accounts. You can find us at Doug Russell Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us uh, also on the web at www.dougrussellpod.com. That may be where you found this episode of the show, of course. Uh, We're also on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, you name it. That's where you can find the show. Tell uh, your neighbors, tell your friends, tell your neighbors' friends. Uh, This is the Packers edition, Packers training camp, opening of training camp edition of the show. And man, oh man, there is a lot to unpack, and it starts with the quarterback. It was draft night when we all found out, and almost exactly three months ago, when we found out that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy with the team that drafted him 15 years prior, uh, 16 years prior, uh, and didn't want to play for them anymore. And this dragged on through the entire summer. And and to me, that's the biggest disappointment about, uh, about all of this. In the end, the two sides came correct. In the end, Aaron Rodgers showed up for work like he's supposed to. In the end, the Packers conceded a number of things, including that they didn't take into account how their star quarterback was feeling about a a number of different issues. And I've said this all along. I've said it here on the podcast. I've said it on the radio on 97.3, the game, and on our statewide radio network as well. I think there's culpability certainly on both sides. Uh, You do treat star athletes differently. That's just part of the equation. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be treated differently going into his 17th season than, for example, a rookie, a second-year player, a third-year player, and someone who hasn't accomplished you know, 5% of what Aaron Rodgers has. Once the trophy case starts to fill up, that's when, and I don't want to go all George Costanza on you, but that's when you've got hand. That's when you get to have a little bit more say. And what you're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers in his news conference that he held, and this goes about 40 minutes, but it is worth a listen because – I've listened to Aaron Rodgers' news conferences literally from the day he got drafted by the Packers. Uh, I was covering the draft in 2005. Uh, I was there for his first conference call. I was there for his first news conference. I have covered every moment of Aaron Rodgers' career. I have covered hundreds of, uh, literally hundreds of his media availabilities, both at the podium and at his locker. And this is the one for me that had the most impact. This is the one where he said the most. And Aaron generally says what's on his mind. For better or for worse, this is a guy who kind of tells you what he's thinking. And It hasn't always been to his benefit. Sometimes it's made him look foolish. Sometimes it has made him look petty. But this is one where if you think about it and you put yourself in his shoes, and one of the things that Aaron does in this news conference is he tries to put, not not to have you in his shoes, but he tries to put himself into your shoes, no matter what you do, whether you're a teacher or a salesperson or an accountant or a cop or a podcaster or whatever whatever the case may be. If you've accomplished certain things 
in your career. Let's say you're a salesperson and you're the best salesperson maybe that was ever at your company. You would think that having that asset would be something that your manager would take advantage of, whether it was talking about associate salespeople that you knew that you could possibly bring in, or if you were considering moving on from someone, what does this person bring to the organization? If you've won three National Teacher of the Year awards for your high school, let's say you're a high school science teacher, and you're the best that was ever a high school science teacher, and you've got thoughts on some of the other science teachers that are in your high school, and your principal never picks your brain about some of these other scientists. Some of them have something to say, something, you know, something to offer that you're not getting out of them. Sometimes you just want to be heard as someone who has accomplished as much as this three-time national science teacher of the year has. Or if you're, like I said, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter if you're a a male person and you're the greatest male person that ever carried letters. It doesn't matter if you work in construction and you're the best construction worker that ever put up a building. It doesn't matter if you're an elected official and you're the best at what you do in your legislative body. Sometimes you just want to be heard. And Aaron Rodgers just wanted to be heard. And that's where the pox is on the Packers house. I have been, and if you've listened to this podcast and if you've listened to my radio show that uh, I am on from noon until 3 with Ted Davis and Bob Brainerd, I have been very critical of Aaron Rodgers not saying anything over the course of the last three months. And I maintain that. That's why when I look at this whole situation, there is culpability on both sides. I said that I thought that the Packers were going to screw this whole thing up, and they almost did screw this whole thing up because when you have the asset of a Hall of Fame quarterback coming off his third MVP season, you treat that guy differently. You hear what he has to say. That doesn't mean that he makes the decisions. That means that he's heard. And that's all any of us want at work. I want to be heard by my bosses. That doesn't mean that I'm going to get everything that I want. Sometimes the answer is no, but you always at least want to at least have the knowledge or at least have the illusion that they give a damn what you have to say, even if you don't get everything that you want, even if you don't have ultimate final say. It's not like, you know, directors generally get, you know, final cut in a film, for example, and the producers don't. Okay, but the actors generally don't. This is the way it is. And that's what we're talking about with Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers, or the Murphy Group, as I like to call them. Uh, But Aaron, to his detriment, he let this thing fester. He's the one for the last three months who wouldn't say anything about it. And you will hear the phrase when we play his press conference in just a couple of minutes. Um, He was asked about that. And he says, well, there's, there's wisdom in silence. Sometimes, and to a certain extent, I don't think this applies in this case. There was no wisdom in just letting this, and that's what it did. It festered. It was disrespectful to Packers fans. It was disrespectful to Jordan Love. It was disrespectful to Matt LaFleur. 
It was disrespectful to his teammates. How they choose to feel about it, that's, you know, up to them. In my opinion, everything that he did up until this week was disrespecting those that he purports to care about. If you've got a grievance, and he clearly had a grievance, and I'm not saying that he did or didn't have a point, but if you have a grievance and it's out in the public and you don't address it, you're never going to get your side heard. And until Wednesday, nobody heard Aaron's side of the story. In some cases, I think he's right. In some cases, I think he's wrong. He will mention a number of different players that he felt was disrespected by the Packers on their way out, either not offered another contract at any salary or just you know, again, felt they, those players felt disrespected on the way out, whether it was Charles Woodson, whether it was Clay Matthews. He mentioned Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, who's coming back to the Packers. That was uh, made official on Wednesday night. Randall tweeted about it on Wednesday morning. The Packers tweeted it out. I'm sure he just had to go through, you know, pass his physical and whatnot, restructure his contract a little bit. But if you look at all of those players that Aaron talked about, many of them were released after the 2019 season. And the Packers went 13 and 3 in 2019 without many of those guys. And then they did it again in 2020. Clay Matthews didn't do anything after he left Green Bay. That doesn't mean that he's not one of the all time great Packers. He's a Super Bowl champion. And when the time is appropriate, he will go into the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Uh, Charles Woodson did have a Pro Bowl season with the Oakland Raiders, uh, but Aaron Rodgers will mention Charles Rogers, or Charles uh, Woodson, rather. Mention Jordy Nelson. Jordy would have taken far less to come back to Green Bay. Jordy went to the Raiders and he sucked. Again, that doesn't mean that Jordy Nelson isn't an all-time great Green Bay Packer. That doesn't diminish anything that he did while a teammate of Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't mean that Jordy Nelson, because he sucked in Oakland, isn't an all-time great Green Bay Packer. What it meant was the Packers, who are in charge of trying to make this team as competitive as they possibly can make them year after year, decided that, you know what, we think that Jordy Nelson is at the end of the road. We don't think that he can help us moving forward. Now, whether or not Jordy was disrespected on the way out, okay, maybe that's a separate issue. But it has proven, and I think it was Tom Silverstein who asked Aaron about some of those specific guys, and he kind of took Aaron to task and said, look, these guys were right. Goody was right when he decided that he wasn't going to give Aaron or uh, uh, Jordy Nelson another contract because he wasn't productive when he went to his next team, the Oakland Raiders. Would he have been more productive in a Packers uniform? We'll never know. What will Randall Cobb look like two years removed? One year with the Cowboys, one year with the Texans. Now he's coming back to the Packers after two years away. What does he still have left in the tank after more than a decade in the NFL? We'll find out. This is his 11th season in the league. That's getting pretty long in the tooth for an NFL player, for an NFL wide receiver, especially for a slot guy. I mean, those guys get beaten up over the middle all the time. So Aaron has his grievances. Some of them are valid. Some of them I don't think are. But we're going to let you listen to Aaron Rodgers and everything that he had to say. And he did not, to his credit, 
He did not pull any punches. He said what was on his mind, good, bad, indifferent, or otherwise. Here's Aaron Rodgers from the podium after the first day of practice at Packers training camp earlier on Wednesday. Um, I think, you know, there was uh, a lot of things that transpired. This wasn't, uh, you know, a draft day uh, thing, you know. Uh, this was uh, started with a conversation in February um, that the season ended. And I just expressed, you know, my desire to be uh, more involved in conversations that directly affected my job. Um, also, uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated. Um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high-character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, um, John Kuhn, Brett Good, T.J. Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were – you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely low-balled or were, you know, maybe in my opinion not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. Um, and then it kind of progressed from there into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond. Uh that really wasn't uh, given at any time. So for me, I had to assess the situation, not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback, especially after an MVP season, which I think you can understand. Um, and then the other part uh, in, in February was wanting to be a part of conversations involving free agents. Uh, which has never happened in my career. Um, you know, I've I've trained with a number of NFL guys most of my career in the off seasons. Um, my agency, athletes first, has had a number of high draft picks over the years. Uh, I've tried to pass along information. Um, hasn't really been uh, used, shall we say? Um, so I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter. You know. Uh, and I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, uh, uh, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, uh, to play with our team, and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Um, as that progressed from that point, Nothing really changed on that front. Um, so we got into March, and the conversation changed. Um, as I felt like, uh, if you can't commit to me past 2021, and I'm not a part of recruiting process and for agency, if I'm not a part of the future, then instead of letting me be a lame duck quarterback, if you want to make a change and move forward, then go ahead and do it. Um, that obviously didn't happen. Uh, like I said, it wasn't a draft day thing. There were conversations for uh, a number of months leading up to that. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, 
you know, we'll, we'll give you some we'll give you some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. Um, obviously, I didn't show up for the off-season program or mini-camp. To me, it was bigger than this. It was about uh, trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. Um, so when the money came at me, the other part is, the backstory to that is, you know, after the season, there was a part of me that did think that there would be conversation about an extension. You know, based on my cap number this season, next season, it seemed natural based on the way I played to at least have a conversation about it. It wasn't a conversation. Uh, not until into May. And that, to me, seemed like uh, an analogy that you guys understand. You guys have a fantastic year at work. You write some great stories. You go to your boss and say, I just had an incredible year. I think I deserve a pay raise or, uh, you know, some security. And the boss says, eh, let's just see how it goes. A couple months down the line, you get another job opportunity. You go back to your boss and say, hey, I got this amazing job opportunity. And we say, whoa, 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 no, 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 we, we love you. We want you to. We do want you to stick around. We, you know, we do, we do care about you. Just have the same uh, feeling, you know. And so, you know, I, I said it wasn't about the money, and, and the way that felt, you know, kind of just doubled down on that. Uh, nothing really changed throughout the summer. Uh, there were some obviously some developments in the last week or so, but you know, I was really working on myself and my own mental state throughout the summer, and. and uh, at, at various points, deciding if I wanted to even keep playing, but uh, you know the fire still burns, and I wanted to uh, I wanted to be on a football team, and um, we got some things figured out in the last few days, and I'm here. Let's go one time. Y'all get a chance. Does, does, does the Randall Cobb move? Is that not that's the answer, but is it showing that there's a step in the right direction from the organization's part to listen to you and respect your thoughts on personnel? Well, look, I'm really excited Randall's coming back. Uh, he's obviously a dear friend and a guy I still believe in that can really play. He falls into that category that I mentioned earlier of guys who left here, um, who were high-character guys. Um, it's the desire that I've talked about before to finish as a Packer that's always been really important to me. And it's important to those guys as well. The guys I mentioned, I talked to the majority of them this offseason because I wanted to hear their experience and how they felt leaving the team and the way it went down. So I had all the information. And I think there's a sadness underneath it all. Um, obviously, there's a sadness when your career ends, but a sadness that uh, things went down the way they went down um, for a team that they cared about and loved and put their bodies on the line for for so many years. So to get Randall back is really special. Um, it's something that uh, that I talked about back in February, wanting to, to bring in a true slot receiver. I thought would uh, make our offense more dynamic, and I think Randall's a dynamic player. He has been when he's been healthy. Aaron, was there a point over the last few months when you seriously considered retirement that this might, you might have, and, and at what point did you change your mind and decide to actually come back? Yeah, that was definitely something I thought about. Um, you know, I talked about how important being a full-timer was for a long time. This was the first time to to spend the off-season away uh, without a COVID year or a lockout year. Um, and I enjoyed it. You know, I really did. I, I took time working on myself and, and trying to, to better myself in a number of areas where I feel like I could improve based on my own patterns and conditioning. Um, and it was a lot, of, a lot of growth in that process. I continued to find joy and happiness and things off the field. Uh, however, there's still a big competitive hole in my body that I need to fill. 
And as I got back into my workouts, um, I just realized that I know I can still play, and I want to still play. And as long as I feel like I can give 100% uh, to the team, then I should still play. Aaron, you expect to be a Packer next year. What would it take for you to be one next year? Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I think things are uh, in that in that uh, direction haven't really changed um, at all. I think. Uh, I'm just going to focus on this year. There's a lot of moving pieces besides myself, um, expiring contracts for a number of guys. So there's going to be a lot of tough decisions at the end of the year. Um, I'm just going to enjoy this year and then revisit that conversation at the end of the season. Aaron, you said many times and you reiterated you've always been your goal to finish your career as a Packer. Do you hope that this progresses to a point where you feel all right with that moving forward? You said focus on this year, but you still stand by what you said year after year that you want to finish. I did, but as you recall, I said last year that there's some things that might be out of my hands at this point. And, you know, based on the, them drafting my replacement, uh, J-Lo last year, um, I think that kind of put things in motion. Um, based, the way, based on the way the season went last year, there was nothing in last season that made me uh, confident that, I'd be back after 21, and maybe even not after 20, 2020. Um, thought we could progress some of those conversations with maybe a greater commitment during the off season. Uh, like I said, that didn't really didn't happen, but uh, that's why I just have to focus on this season. And uh, I love this team. I love the you know the fans and the opportunity to play on Lambeau Field has been a dream come true. To be in my 17th season is really special. Um, I don't take that for granted. I'm not a victim here at all. I just want to reiterate that. Like, I've been paid a ton of money by this organization. I'm so thankful to be a starter here for my 14th season. Uh, not many guys have the opportunity to do that. So I'm not uh, – I don't feel like anything's been done to me. There is – it's a business. You know, it's an, it's an incredible opportunity to play this game. Uh, it's a tough business too, though, and this is part of it. Um, so I, I, I totally get that point. And that's that's not lost on me. Um, that's why I'm just going to enjoy this season like I did last year, have the right perspective, and and then make decisions at the end of the season. Okay, Aaron, how are you going to recall on this? Help me with the recall on this. The team here, I think it was 2018, Kirk Cousins have got his deal, and Matthew got his deal. And so these guys were asking me, you know, hey, and he's, you know, it's going to come. I'm not going to check about the money. But I thought I remember you saying, you know, I'm looking for a partnership. Is that accurate because it wasn't long after they got the deal. And then six months later on a Monday, they said they called you on you said they called you on a golf course and said it's Matt Short on the talk. Is that the kind of thing you were talking about that did fade away after that? Yeah, well I wouldn't call that a partnership, that, that part of it. I mean that, I wasn't involved in those conversations at all. Um, I talked to Matt after the deal had already been in place to hire him as a coach. Um, so I wasn't part of that conversation. Uh, you know, let's just make that completely clear. Um, I do love Matt, and we've had a blast together, and I'm glad he's here. Um, but it, it's decisions like that that have happened over and over and over again that make me realize that the organization looks at me and my job is just to play. In my opinion, based on what I've accomplished in this league, uh, the way I care about my teammates, the way I show up in the locker room, the way I lead, the way I conduct myself in the community, you should tie myself to a little bit more input. The rules, you know, are the same for most people, but every now and then there's some outliers, you know, guys who've been in an organization for 17 years and won a few MVPs 
where they can be in conversations at a different higher level. Um, I'm not asking for anything that other other great quarterbacks across uh, across the last few decades have not gotten. You know, the opportunity to just be in conversation. You know, so if you're gonna you're gonna cut a guy who, based on a meritocracy, was our second best receiver in training camp last year for the majority of camp, maybe run it by me. See what I feel. I might be able to change your mind. But at least to be in a conversation makes you feel like you're important, you're respected. And that's what I tried to convey in February and for the first couple months. But no, it hasn't been that. That's just the way they do it. You know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but objectively there's been a lot of success here over the last 30 years. Um, I just wanted to be a little bit more involved, uh, and I understand that uh, that's not uh, the way it went. Aaron, you feel like you're not getting any of those? I mean, all these things are reasonable things to want to be. Any of these things, did they give you anything or, or say anything like, yeah, we're going to do this, or is it just the same as it always was? Uh, I'm not sure, Rob. At this point, um, I can only say one of the things was to be involved in free agency. Um, because, I mean, just talk to Preston Smith, you know, why he came here and why he actually took a pay cut to resign. You know, he knows that we got an opportunity to win a championship when I'm playing. Um, and it, it's a sentiment that's that's echoed by other players across the league who hit me up that I'm friends with and want to come or get traded or, you know, come to Green Bay. They want to be a part of an opportunity to win a championship. Um, and that's why I just wanted to make myself available, you know, to have those conversations, to be maybe something that tips it over the edge if you're trying to sign a specific guy. Um, so that wasn't uh, a, a part of that wasn't part of March at all. If they had shown security or you know given you some assurances ahead that you would be here for several years, how would they do that financially, given their salary cap situation and not? being in a situation where when you retire, they would be $70 million yeah. under the cap. How would you have done that? Yes, good question, Spoon. I think there's ways of doing that, um, you know, through uh, signing bonuses and stuff that can that can lessen the load for sure. Um, but there wasn't a commitment past 2021. 20, um, you know, there was conversation about that. I know you guys were all talking about, about, uh, you know, moving salary around. Um, through a restructure uh, to to open up some cap space for sure. Obviously, with the salary cap going down from the 190s to 182, they had the, I think everybody's contract who had a contract basically got restructured in some way. Um, it was more just the approach uh, to not mention anything past 2021 made me feel like that I wasn't in the future plans, which, again, I get it. It's a business, you know, and I'm, I'm not a victim here. Uh, I've made a ton of money here, and I've been really fortunate to play a long time and to play here. Um, at the same time, I'm still competitive, and I still feel like I can play. I proved it last year. So I felt like making a commitment past the 2021 season was not a not a big deal. Um, and there are ways to do that. Uh, that wasn't uh, necessarily accomplished, um, and so that's why we're here. Aaron, you said back in March that the team, you, you basically came to a conclusion that, okay, if you're not going to commit to me beyond this season, like, let's just move on now. The Packers were very steadfast, both publicly and privately, to other teams. We're not trading them. Do you want to be here right now? I do. I do. I love my teammates. I love the city. I love my coaches. Um, 
you know, it's, it is a lot of fun to be back here. And like I said, I'm competitive. And I realize the type of team that's in place here. Um, it's a team that uh, has a lot of talent on it. It's been close the last couple of years. So I, I'm definitely excited about this season. I've had a lot of great conversations over I'd say, the last two weeks with uh, various teammates, past and present. And it's definitely uh, refueled the fire uh, to go out and, and lead and perform at my, at my best. Um, I felt really good today after a long uh, hiatus, just being back out there and feeling uh, like the rhythm and the timing and the accuracy was where I wanted to be. So I feel really good about uh, being back. It's fun to see a lot of the guys to walk in the locker room. Uh, you know, it's strange after so many months, but uh, but it was fun to see the guys, see the old guys, the trainers, equipment staff, Andy Gruber. I just gave him a hug. I hadn't seen him. He wasn't here all last year. So there's a lot of fun things about being back, and I understand the opportunity that's here. Aaron, how would you characterize your relationship with Ryan Gutekinds, where that is today, and, and was there ever a point this offseason where you asked for his removal from the show? Uh, no, and I would say it's uh, professional at this point. Yeah, I mean, that definitely was, was important to me. Uh, but again, I think it was conversations with some former teammates uh, that I had. You know, a lot of those guys I mentioned are retired and talking to them about their retired life and picking their brains about what it looks like uh, was was good for me. I uh, also wanted to see how my body responded after some of the intense training uh, over the last couple of months, and I felt really good. Anything you talked about that kind of refueled your fire, those conversations, anything that stood out, anything I don't know that anyone shared? No, I'm not going to share that. Aaron, uh, there's, there's been a lot here to digest, but one thing I'm not clear on, did you get the right to basically decide where you're going to play next year if you choose to play? Uh, no, that's not what I've, uh, I've been told to understand, though. Aaron, with all of these uh, different reports that have been out this offseason, some of the people speaking for you, what would you say is the biggest misconception about this entire process? That the media loves to make stories when there's not enough content to put out there. Look, I realize, you know, there were times I could have said something, but I firmly believe that there is wisdom in silence. And also, I love this I love this city and this organization. And I didn't want to get into a pissing match with a team that's employed me for 16 years, paid me a lot of money. I felt like handling things behind closed doors was the right way to do it. Um, there were some leaks, for sure. I can promise you, uh, I didn't have a part in any of those. Um, my representation has assured me the same thing. Um, I don't know what benefit uh, would, would would be given to me by releasing any details about a restructured contract for me, about uh, leaking stuff on draft day. Uh, I don't understand the motivation behind that, but Look, I, I believe that the right way to do it was to have conversations with those people, both in person, Zoom, on the phone, behind uh, uh, behind closed doors, as they say, and um, didn't want to get into, uh, you know, an argument in the public with a team that I really care about. Aaron, you mentioned 
this offseason was different. Just how different was it not being at OTAs for the first time in 16 seasons? How did that benefit you? How did that what? Benefit you. Sure, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I said, I think it's important that we work on our mental state. And as you've seen with Simone Biles, I think there needs to be more conversation around uh, around that. Uh, we, as athletes, um, are often put on a pedestal that we're not uh, that we're beyond any uh, you know mental hindrances or clutter. And the only time that mental health often is talked about is when it's under the conversation of depression. Um, I didn't have any depression. Um, but I have a ton of respect for people who speak out in those situations. For me, it was just about clearing any of the clutter, and that's what I tried to do this offseason by adjusting some habits and spending time with my loved ones, uh, traveling uh, as safely and as often as I possibly could, and then making sure I was ready to go uh, if I if I came back. Why do you want to be involved in some of these personnel decisions? Uh, on some of these, you would have been wrong, I think. The guys didn't have great years when they left here, or they got a lot of money, and it ended up being cap hits. You know, if the Packers didn't decide uh, to move on from Favre, you wouldn't have been here either, or you, you might not be standing where you are here. Why do you want to get involved in all that? Well, I mean, I respect the question, Spoon, and I think there's a lot of hypotheticals based on different things. Um, I understand that I'm here because Ted Thompson took a shot on me, but also can't compare the two situations when you look at the last years of Favre's career uh, here based, uh, you know, comparing to mine, especially leading up to 2005, it was a different situation. When it comes to personnel stuff, it's not all personnel stuff that I'm talking about. I just want to be involved in conversations that affect my ability to do my job. And it's not all personnel. But I think I have a unique perspective being in a locker room and having been the starter here for 13 years and being here for 16 years. There's not many people who have been in a position of influence longer than I have in this building. So it gives me a unique perspective to shed light on how things work together. Uh, one of the most important things is chemistry and cohesion in an organization, and I think I can offer an interesting perspective. It's not where I need to have final say on anything. I never asked for that. I just want to be in a conversation. I'm interested in how they look at certain players and if they value character, if they value chemistry, if they value what they bring to the locker room. Um, and I think, yeah, some of those guys might not have had a great seasons other places, but it's different when a Jordy Nelson has got me thrown in the ball. It's different when Randall Cobb's got me thrown in the ball. Uh, it's maybe a different motivation when some of these guys go elsewhere. You know, it, it is different to, to move to a new team. And, yeah, some of those decisions would have been different. But maybe bringing back a JP for, you know, three million dollars in a one-year deal when he really desperately wanted to re retire as a Packer might have been a good thing to do. Maybe letting Jordy play another season here, you know, who knows what would have happened? Him mentoring Tay and and allowing him to take the mantle of the of the number one receiver and and how the locker room could see that humility and be inspired by it. I think that's often uh, not given enough credence is how important that is. You know, veterans leading by example, um, by their attitude, how they conduct themselves, and how they show the younger guys how to be a professional. And to me, that's worth something. It might not be worth $9 million a year, which Jordy was scheduled to make that season, but he was willing to take a pay cut, way down. 
And I think it would have been worth it to keep guys like that. Or Charles Woodson, you know, Charles wanted to take a pay cut as well um, to stick around. And he obviously still played a high level when he left. He made a Pro Bowl in Oakland. And, and not to mention, 70% uh, Charles Woodson is, you know, a, an incredible player for us. Just what he brings from a leadership standpoint, from a professionalism, toughness, you know, being able to be a part of conversations like that, I feel like I have a unique perspective. So, Aaron, what do you, what do you hope changes out of all this? Whether it is cultural within the organization, letting players know how they should be treated, do you, do you hope to inflict some sort of uh, change or difference that's that's bigger than you? I mean, I wouldn't say inflict. I don't know if that's the right no, the right word I, I want to use. Um, inspire. Um, like I said to Spoon, you know, I do have a unique perspective on things, and I've been around a long time. And as I've talked to some other older players around the league, I think this is how it goes. You know, you, you get a little bit older, you see some of dysfunctional organizations, and you either move on or try and help uh, foster some change. And that's all I, I wanted to do because I love this organization and, and I love being a Packer and I've enjoyed my time here. Um, but I can be used as a pseudo-consultant because I know this place. I know this building. I'm, I know the people that work here. I know what helps it uh, what helps it go, and when you're a quarterback, you hear a lot of a lot of shit. You know, you hear it from uh, what's going on around the building, and it gives you the ability to see kind of things as they are, and to to help foster a culture of inclusion and cohesion and connectedness that helps you you win. Because as I said, it's the people that win championships. It's the coaches, it's the players that win championships. And, and the organization, everybody in the organization benefits from that. And we all went together. But it's the people to get it done. And I just want to be a part of people decisions. So Aaron, if, you can, if you can inspire that change in the culture, do you see a path where you can still finish your career playing only for the Packers? And do you, if you can see that change, do you want to still play your entire career if you can see that change? Yeah, that's a tough question to ask, to, to answer. Uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I'm definitely not closing the door on anything. Um, I'm always optimistic in, uh, in the ability to change. Um, I would never want anybody to give up on me. And, and I feel like I've made a lot of changes over the years to try and improve myself, both as a person, as a teammate, as a player. Um, and I, I'm always going to be optimistic um, in in change being possible. Um, but, you know, Darren Perry said a quote one time, which has always stuck with me, and he said, uh, you can't motivate people, but you can inspire people. And true motivation ultimately comes from within. So people have to be willing uh, to make those changes. Yeah, you know, I don't want to overblow it. Uh, I definitely took my mind uh, to that scenario and sat with uh, those feelings and what it what it would feel like and um, what that would look like. Uh, all the while working out. I mean, as you saw on, uh, you know, Dave's Instagram, like I was, you know, obviously still working out and at proactive and, and getting ready uh, to play. 
but there were things I needed to do and conversations I needed to have um, to put myself in the right uh, headspace to be able to come back here and to be 100% in, which my teammates, the organization expects, and I expected myself. And I wouldn't be here if I wasn't 100% all in. All right, we're going to have to take a couple from Zoom to finish this up. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, we'll start with Tim Young Warren. Uh, hey, Eric. You've uh, talked about this today, and you've spoken very eloquently on this in the past. With all this gone and said and done to this point, as we sit here in late July 2021, what does it mean to you to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? Well, Tim, it's still an honor. It, it's still uh, something I'm very proud of. Um, you know, I did see something about uh, Farvey and, and Bart playing 16 here, and this is obviously number 17, so there's something special about that. I've been here a long time. I've seen a lot of change in personnel and, and people and the building and the fields and the uh, Hall of Fame and pro shop and cafeteria twice, weight room. You know, it's been, it's been fun to be a part of the change. A lot of times, like at Cal, you move on and then everything gets better. It's been fun to see the facilities uh, and, and, and everything get better and, and be able to be the quarterback here and see the south and north end zones, the way they got built up, and, and adding 8,000 fans to Lambeau. It's been fun to be a part of all the, all the growth and those things. Um, but yeah, this, is, this has always been a special thing for me to be the quarterback here, and I'm really thankful uh, to be back here for a 14th season as a starter. Chris Roth. Hey, Aaron, uh, there's going to be this perception now that every time a roster decision is made, how much input or non-input did you have, how much responsibility is on you to tighten to a minimum so that it doesn't fester all season long and, and maybe distract this team from its goal? Chris, I don't see that as a distraction because I don't expect uh, to be a part of those discussions. So... Um, I'm, I'm happy that Randall Cobb is here, and that's definitely something that I was was hoping would happen, but uh, I don't see that being a distraction. And last one for Zoom, Lance Allen. Aaron, you mentioned the key word, chemistry, and you know as well as anybody that, you know, you got a bond with the guys in the locker room and, and uh, some call football, the ultimate team game. Um, how, how do you bond with guys? I have a lot of guys have your back, but how do you prevent it from being an us versus them mentality in the front office and just go about your business and accomplish your goal? Well, I think there's, as I've seen over the last 16 years, there's different things that motivate guys. I think expiring contracts is definitely one of them. I think you've seen it many, many times over the years. Guys come into a contract year and they show up a little bit different, body a little bit different, focus a little bit different. So I'm not worried about those guys. Um, you know, who have contracts that run out, you know, guys like uh, MVS and obviously Devontae and uh, Bobby Tunyon and, um, you know, some of those guys who have uh, in the last year their deal, um, I, I know they'll be motivated. Um, it, it's just it's about uh, the staff and, and the players getting ready to, uh, you know, to be ready for a season here, I think in 47 days or so, playing a game. So this is what training camp's all about, and we'll uh, – We'll get after it the best we can. All right, there you have it. Aaron Rodgers. That was raw, uncut. Like I said at the outset, what about almost an hour ago, I've covered a lot of Aaron Rodgers press conferences 
over the course of our careers that have run concurrently. He's never been more outspoken. He's never been more raw. Again, I don't think that he was right with all of his criticisms, but I do think that he was on some other criticisms. So everyone's going to be making up their own minds about that. And just judging by the early reaction of Packers fans, it's 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 mixed. And through the last three months, this process, this nonsense of the last three months, Aaron's lost some fans. I don't think there's any question about that. One of the big reasons, I believe, that he didn't show up to any of the Bucks' playoff games, and he is a part owner of the team, he will get a Super Bowl ring. You go on his Wikipedia page, and Aaron Rodgers is credited as an NBA champion. Well, he's got a Super Bowl ring from the Packers, Super Bowl 45, and soon he will have a Super Bowl or an NBA championship ring from the from the Milwaukee Bucks. But he didn't show up to any of those games because I think that he knew that he lost the narrative in the state of Wisconsin. He lost some fans with this. Did he gain some back on Wednesday? Un- unquestionably. There's no no doubt about that. That he gained some that he had lost back, back into Team 12. Others aren't coming back. And there is going to be some damage control. I know that the team has got some damage control to do as well. Brian Gutekunst is not looked upon, I think, by a lot of stars around the NFL and in his own locker room as someone who, you know, you necessarily want to go to war with. Mark Murphy is looked at by a lot of people as someone who's, you know, at arm's length and pretty aloof. And that's not necessarily a good thing in an era when players just want to, we we talked about being heard before, but they want to know that their bosses, their general managers, their owners, their team presidents, their coaches care about them. Woody Hayes couldn't coach in this era. Bear Bryant, as great of a coach as he was, could not coach in this era. Bo Schembechler could not coach football in this era. You want let's take it to another sport. Bob Knight could not coach in this era. Times have changed. And I think we heard some of that earlier today as well. Now, there's another big story that's brewing in Green Bay as well. And that's the story of what does the future hold for Devontae Adams? There was a thought that Devontae Adams' future was tied to Aaron Rodgers' future. Well, as you will hear, because we're going to play back Devontae Adams' press conference from Wednesday as well, that is not only laughable, that was never the case. And Devontae is, and I do not want to say this flat out, you will hear him talk about the potential of taking a hometown discount. I do not blame him. One scintilla of his opinion, because NFL careers are short. Get what you can while you can, and nobody is expected, and nobody should be expected to take the quote-unquote hometown discount. You'll hear that coming up in just a couple of minutes from Devontae Adams. How do you feel about Randall Paul coming back and what do you think he adds to the group? I'm ecstatic, man. I'm just waiting on Jordy now, and we uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll be complete. We'll have a whole 187 back. Um, I mean, he can add a lot to this room. I mean, he's got a lot left in the tank. Um, back healthy from from last year, and um, you know, just if, if nothing else, the veteran leadership in that room. You know, we got a lot of young guys. I've kind of been on my own um, in a sense, as far as kind of uh, 
not not a chaperone. I feel like that's a that's a poor choice of words, but you know it's obviously a pretty good distance and in, in, um, you know experience in that room. So just having him back in there to kind of help with some of the other guys, help um, advance them and, and teach them, show them the way. Um, he's a he's a great leader, leader by example. And uh, you know the, his last year here, he's able to make some a pretty good impact on his team. So just having him back, I hope he's he's back next to me um, in my locker. Just to you know, he's one of my best friends. So having him back in the area. You know, his family, I know they're excited about it, too. So um, it'll be it's a real positive for this for the whole organization. Why did, why did contract talks break down with you and the team? And, and where are you at right now with your optimism for the future of staying with the Packers past this season? Well, I mean, my, my focus, man, I, the way I what I attribute all my success to um, from high school, college up until this point is just kind of focusing on the moment. And, um, you know, now it's just time. We had a lot of time to figure this thing out and uh, just we weren't really able to make a whole lot of progress, uh, sadly. So, um, you know, not to get into the details of anything because, you know, it's a pretty confidential um, situation. But it's, it's, it's tough, man, because the, the way that this league goes is um, if you if you perform well, you're supposed to get compensated uh, properly for that. And if you underperform, I mean, you get cut with no questions asked and or however the team decides to deal with it. Maybe you don't get cut, but, you know, get reduced or whatever it is. And, you know, it's not a whole lot of back and forth that goes on with that. So, um, you know, it's tough when you feel like you contribute a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've invested a lot in this, this, just this town in general since I've been here. Um, it's my eighth year now. It's been a long road. It's been kind of a bumpy road, uh, more so at the beginning. But I feel like I've, able, I've been able to overcome a lot. Um, contribute a lot and, and you know I'm not out here getting in trouble uh, I like to think I've been doing this or at least this you know just from a, a standpoint of my behavior um, you know what you you know interacting with you guys um, just kind of all around so um, when, when things aren't as smooth as what they should be or as simple uh, I wish the thing was like you know it's like the NBA where you just you know the it's kind of you get a max contract if you're that type of guy, and it's simple. But it's apparently it's not as simple as what it should be, and uh, you know now we're in a pretty tough spot. But for me, like I said, the way I've able, I've always been able to um, have success is just locking in on the moment. And now it's time to play football. I'm not really concerned with too much else. And uh, you know we we've had since February, January really to to figure this whole thing out. And it's been a you know here we are approaching August, and with not a whole lot of progress as far as. Um, you know, both sides feeling good about how the other feels. So, like I said, I'm not going to get too far into details about how, you know, the numbers and all of that stuff. But um, I like to I like to say that I, you know, have, have outperformed my past contract or my current contract. And um, I'm going to keep elevating. So, you know, at the end of the day, however it pans out, it pans out that way. And, you know, I'm a I'm going to think long and hard about how everything goes. But at this point, like I said, I'm here for my teammates. I'm really excited to be back. Um, I told you guys before, I'm a man of my word. So um, I'm here and I'm ready to play. And I've been, I put a tremendous amount of work in this offseason to come back. And like I said, at the end of last year, to be better than what I was last year. And uh, that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, just ready to get, to get to work with my teammates now. Dante, if Aaron is here beyond this year, would you be willing to not be the highest paid wide receiver if it means staying with him, or is that all he will settle for? No. I'll, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I don't want to – it's not about being a baby, but what other profession do you, you know, take less than what you have earned? You know, it's not, that's not how it goes. And, you know, the fans may see it different in certain ways, and I'm sure there's a lot of fans that see it the same way that myself, my family, my agent, and, you know – most of the league sees it, um, but 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a baby, so I'm not, I'm not gonna not show up, and I'm not complaining about it. At the end of the day, I'm not poor right now. You know, I'll be, I'll be okay to get through and, um, you know, go try to win a Super Bowl again. And that's, that's my main focus now. I mean, the off season was working out and trying to, you know, come to an agreement, but we weren't able to do that. So now it's, it's kind of time to lock in. And uh, yeah, hopefully I answered your question. But yeah, I've, I've earned the right to, to be paid um, highest in the league. And if they don't believe that or, um, you know, want to come to an agreement of, you know, kind of make me feel good about my contract and um, I just don't want to make this thing about me too much. At the end of the day, I know you got to ask these questions, but it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of people on this team and uh, a lot of other people to focus on. And, you know, I got to, I got to get Amari ready and, um, you know, I got to get a, you know, Devin Funches ready to try to go play some ball too. So it's a lot of things to, to focus on and, we had a lot of time to focus on that other stuff, and, and now it's time to go play ball. So here I am. You know, Dave, Dave took his signed his contract, I think, in November last year. Are you willing to to return to negotiations during the season if, if they come at you with an offer that you feel is acceptable? Well, what was told was that we were going to do this thing. You know, like I said, in college I had 24 touchdowns my my last year. You know, playing with Derek and. Um, you know, the way that I was able to do that was not worrying about the NFL. I didn't think about the NFL until it's like look up at the end of the season. You're like, oh, like this thing is basically almost done. So now you got to start figuring out your, your plan and what you're going to do next, obviously. So at the very end of the year is when those thoughts began to creep into my mind. It wasn't even – it's not about any of that other stuff. I go out there and I have 150 yards or I have 60 yards or whatever. It's going to be about getting into that next game, make sure I can go continue to produce and um, that's how I've had success my whole life. That's been the recipe for me. And, um, you know, just locking in on a moment when I start thinking about getting paid and, you know, all this other stuff and my mind is not right, it makes it really tough to focus on what you got to do. Like, this is a tough, tough league to perform in consistently if you don't have your, your mind right, especially the position that I play. You got to be focused, man. And, um, you know, like I said, that's been my recipe in the past, and I'm going to stick to that. And uh, we'll just we'll play football, and then we'll, we'll see at the – you know, potentially, I can't. I can't really speak on that because I don't know how how I'm going to feel later. But at this point, I mean, it's it's just about playing ball. It to be tougher to maintain that focus the way you always have because of this hangover. Or you you don't think that will be an issue? Uh, no, I mean, like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't counting on doing this or not being able to perform. You know, they they're separate, and that's why I said I wanted to. I wanted to do this thing earlier in the off season or just before camp. Because now it's you know I got a lot of stuff I gotta make sure all the installs are ready. Uh, like I said, I got a I got a certain obligation to get young guys ready for this season. So it's tough to balance all of that stuff. You know, it's only so many hours in a day, especially during camp. I mean, you got half of the day or 90% of the day really um, just about doing what I got to do here. So if i if my mind is you know elsewhere when I get home, I'm not going to be maybe feeling right the next day to go and perform and make sure that I'm going to live up to that next contract. So. If, you're, if your mind isn't in the right place, it's going to be tough to, to do what you need to do. And then it's Don, just more pressure. Sorry, who called who about posting the last dance photo on Instagram? <laughs> uh, nobody called anybody, man. It was just, uh, I guess that's just the, the telepathy we have. And uh, <laughs> I think you've been able to see we got a pretty good connection. So it just kind of, I guess, it just uh, ventured out to that. And also, I really love the Bulls, too. I think that that was a legendary team at that point. Honestly, I just missing Michael Jordan. I'm a Jordan athlete too. You can see um, <laughs> these aren't these aren't out yet, but it's a pretty good shoe too. So, yeah. 
Um, it's it's not numbers based for me. It's about the way my film looks, and typically, if my film looks good, my quarterback's gonna find me, which turns into you know um, the numbers kind of they kind of take care of themselves. So I'm not thinking about obviously I want to elevate, I want to do better than in every category than what I did, but I'm not going to saying okay now it's 20 touchdowns or whatever. I would love to have 20 touchdowns, but when I watch that film, I want to see me imposing my will on the defense, and um, you know I just want I want teams and, and players to still feel the same way or be more scared than what they were previously with me. So um, you know my coaches are going to do a great job at getting me involved as they always do, and um, same with my with my quarterback and having Kyle back is going to be great too because regardless of what year he's in, you know where he just came from, whatever you got to respect that man. He's done a lot in this league and. And if you don't, then he's going to make you pay. So at the end of the day, it's about winning the Super Bowl. So uh, I only set goals for myself just to hold myself to a certain standard to make sure that I'm doing my part for this offense. Obviously, I'm a huge part of the offense. So the more I try to hold myself to, you know, being the having the most touchdowns or having the most yards, that means that this offense is being productive. So at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Devontae, is there a benefit to viewing this as a last dance with both of you and Aaron Post? Is there a benefit to that or – is, uh, is it something you have to avoid becoming a distraction if you view it in that light? Um, it's not a distraction. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody views it as, as that. Um, it's just a post at the end of the day. Um, if we want to mess with you guys every now and then, we, we have the right to do that. Well, do you know, you know Aaron really well. Uh, he said that he considered retirement as an option. Uh, to go from that to being all in, 100% all in, seems like a pretty big uh, yeah, you just won MVP. I'm not really worried about, you know, any type of decline or uh, mental. Obviously, I know a little bit more than what you guys know uh, about his his mindset with a lot of the stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I anticipate him elevating as well. I mean, you go win MVP, it's hard to think that a guy is going to just fall off the cliff. So, at the end of the day... Um, as long as he's in here, and I saw the focus, and I saw the energy, um, his energy's been great since he's been in the building. So, um, yeah, I, I see it. Uh, I see us seeing the same Aaron, if not better. Two more, please, Devonte. You, you just mentioned Aaron's mindset. Um, you've been here. This is year eight for you, which isn't as many as seventeen, but it's still crazy that it's year eight. Um, so you've seen a lot here. You've seen guys leave. He talked before you came in about culture, about people. What are your observations of this organization and the culture, and is that something you guys throughout the building, locker room, front office, everywhere, need to be better to get to where you ultimately want to go? Um, I believe so. I think that um, every so often you get generational players where, you know, there's people do things a certain way or, um, you know, it, it makes sense and it's worked, but... Uh, sometimes you got to break the mold just to, to make it work. You know, at the end of the day, I can't I can't tell my wife that you know I don't I'm not too comfortable doing this because I've never done this before because you know it's a it's a whole new experience. You're dealing with a different person, and you know my wife is worth whatever it is. You know any type of change that she wants me to make. So um, yeah, sometimes that's that's what it's about. Um, and like I said, this this organization has been around over 100 years, and they've been able to succeed with doing it the way that they have, but um, like I said, every now and then you get somebody that comes along where it's worth the change. So, you know, I'm not here to speak on anything. You can, 
you can ask um, them about all the all those type of questions, and I'm sure they'll be able to answer it better than what I can. But um, that's just how I feel. I think sometimes you gotta you gotta be willing to change and adjust, and um, just for the betterment of the team. You know, it's not just it's not about me, but you know, I'm a part of the team. So is Aaron, and so is Randall, and you know, Dave, and um, sometimes when you have those type of guys, especially guys that put so much in and it's not just about what goes on on the field like we invest a lot into like I said it's just, just the community here everything so um, I've never been arrested I mean I'm not out here getting bar fights and a bunch of stuff like that like you know could be doing a lot of these things and making it tough but I feel like we make it really easy for an organization like the Packers to respect that and um, you know go about their business in, in, the, in the right way but it makes it really tough when you don't adjust, and uh, I think that's the position we're in right now. What was this January, February like after this last game for you? How do you get back on the Um I mean, it's tough. It's tough every time you get there. I mean, I've been to four NFC Championship games with no Super Bowl appearance, and it's tough. And I think the way that I view it, like last year, we're we're in a position where we're going in to play the Bucks, and everybody's all you know. Chipper and everybody, and I just got a different type of focus to it. And people were like, "It's like, cheer up a little bit." And I'm like, "Look, I've been there. I've been to three of them. This is my fourth one now. It's a little bit of a different feeling when you've been to four without having tasted it. So, you know, getting there is cool. Collecting a couple extra checks is fine. But then a day, we all make a decent amount of money to where it's not just about that. I think we are all thinking about our legacy and um, you know being able to hoist up that trophy at the end of the year. And that's the that's the mindset for me. So I don't get too excited about it, and I don't I don't get too up, and I don't get too down. Um, but you know, you just got to continue to put the work in. And um, in, the, in the past, it seemed like we were just kind of one maybe player away, one play away maybe from from doing uh, you know taking it to the to the next the, the big stage. So for for me, it's just making sure that I take care of what I can control, and um, you know helping out anybody else to you know because I can. Sometimes what you can control is outside of just yourself, too. You know, I can control maybe what happens with Quez if I help him out a certain way, get him more ready, get Alan more ready to make sure that, you know, all the pieces we're at our very best to be, um, you know, able to be in contention for that. So you just it's tough to restart because you, you get so close. It's like it's one thing if you don't even make it. And then once you get there, it's a different mindset because it's a whole new feeling. But it's not a new feeling when you get to the NFC Championship, you know, this year with, you know, God willing, five times, it's going to feel the same. So, um, you know, it'll be maybe a different opponent uh, potentially, but it's, it's always different. So uh, you just want to you want to make sure you control what you can control and um, try to get back to that to that point. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. Not sure how long he's going to be in Green Bay. Maybe this is it for him and for Aaron. And I think that the Packers coming close and not making it over the last couple of seasons, going 13-3 and and getting to the NFC Championship game, that's going to have a, a detrimental impact on their future because they've been successful, but they haven't been able to get over the hump. This season, hey, look, we've talked about it certainly on the air, and I know that there have been musings about, hey, this could be the Packers' year to, or, or the state of Wisconsin's year to do what the city of Tampa did last year, where the Rays went to the World Series, they lost to the Dodgers, but still went to the World Series, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've won back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, uh, and then, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. And with the Bucks already having won an NBA championship, the Brewers are firmly in first place right now at the Central, and they've got great pitching, 
and uh, bringing in an all-star third baseman to, uh, you know, his, his bat to, to shore up a, a pretty sorry lineup uh, this year. And then the Packers bringing Aaron Rodgers back, bringing Devontae Adams back, bringing Aaron Jones back. This is it, man. This is chips in the middle of the table. This reminds me, this 2021 Packers team reminds me a lot of the 2011 Milwaukee Brewers, where it was like, you know what, we're just we're just going to go for it. And we know that 20, in, in the Brewers' case, 2012 isn't going to look like 2011. And 2009 wasn't going to look like 2008 when the Brewers pushed the chips in the middle of the table when they traded for CC Sabathia for that rental. They knew that he wasn't coming back in 2009, but they still needed him in 2008. They got to the playoffs. They released that pressure valve, if you will, that I talk about from time to time. Because it had pent up. It had been 26 years since a playoff appearance for the Brewers. And then you're like, you know what? That's just chips in the middle of the table. We are going to go for it knowing that there's going to be a price for that. Did it again in 2011. There's going to be a price for what we're doing this year when they traded for Zach Greinke. And Sean Markham, I I know that his career kind of fell apart uh, in September and October of 2011. But they wouldn't have gotten there without what he did the first five months of the year in 2011. But there was a price to pay on the backside of that. I think that's what you're looking at with the Brewer or with the Packers in 2022 and beyond because they are in salary cap hell. And if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back in 2022, I don't know if he's coming back in 2022 or not. Um, If Devontae Adams comes back in 2022, I don't know if he's coming back in 2022. I don't know if you can afford either one of them, much less both of them. So right now, 2021, enjoy this ride if you're a Packers fan. It could wind up with a Super Bowl championship. I think the Packers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender this season. I don't see that happening, though, for the next couple of years. Because if you kick the can down the road enough times, at some point there's nothing left. You can't, you got to pay the price. And the Packers are going to face that sooner rather than later. So, Matt LaFleur, he's happy right now because coaches and general managers have two different agendas. The coach wants to win now and at all costs. The general manager has to keep an eye on what's coming not only this year, but next year and the year after that, knowing when is the right time to go for it. Ted Thompson never knew when it was time to go for it. That was my biggest criticism of Ted. And we talked about, you know, the window starting to close, the window starting to close, the window starting to close. Hey, that window is almost shut. When the Packers won Super Bowl 45, the window was still fairly open, but they also almost didn't make it to the playoffs in the 2010 season. The next year, they went 15-1. and one. But then they got bounced in the divisional round against the Giants. And 15-1 and one meant squat because they didn't have any defense. But Ted was always drafting for three years down the road. And he wouldn't do anything for the immediacy. What's going to happen down the road is going to be painful. There's no, no doubt about that. But you have to, if you're Brian Gutekunst right now, recognize and I think that he does you have to recognize that the time is now tomorrow is again it's going to be a painful day 
Aaron's going to be gone. Devontae's going to be gone. And you're going to have a few 6 and 11 seasons. You're going to have a couple of 8 and 9s. It's going to suck. You're not going to have Hall of Fame quarterback play like you've had for the last 30 years, but that's the nature of football. That's the design. You look at the New England Patriots, for example. They're trying to just get back to the playoffs after being the most dominant team of a generation when Tom Brady was their quarterback. Brady leaves. His new team, the Buccaneers, win a championship. The Patriots are kind of finding their way back again. I don't know when they're going to find it. I don't think it's going to be this year. And, you know, they're trying to make something out of Cam Newton. I don't know. I wouldn't say something out of nothing, but Cam's best days are behind him. That's probably what's going to be the Packers' fate when Giannis leaves the Bucks. whenever that is. I hope it's not for a long time. I hope it's not for another 15 years. But at some point, Giannis is not going to be a Milwaukee Buck, and they're going to not be very good. But they won that championship. What John Horst was able to do is, Again, chips in the middle of the table. We're going to go for it with P.J. Tucker. We're going to go for it with Bobby Portis. We're even going to bring in Jeff Teague just for some veteran presence, somebody who can hit a shot off the bench. We're going to go for it. We're going to do this. And they did. They saw the opportunity, and they struck, and they finished. And now the Packers have to have to go ahead and do that. Uh, also, on uh, the crossover on Wednesday, after everyone had spoke at the podium, uh, Bob Brainerd and I had a chance to pick the brain of Bill Huber, who has covered the Packers for a long, long time. I've known Bill for a long time. He is uh, now at Sports Illustrated. And we just kind of asked him, you know, his thoughts on what he heard first and foremost from the de facto man of the hour, Aaron Rodgers. It was an amazing press conference. I mean, there was part of me that wondered, um, what do you want to discuss it at all? I mean, my God, he was fabulous about it. Um, you can agree or disagree with what he said, um, but he was fabulous talking about it. Um, he's upset that, in his opinion, the Packers should listen to him more. Not necessarily deeper than he says. He's never, he, Rogers never, ever, ever said that. But to listen and take into account um, his suggestions on the players on the roster or free agents, and he believes that he's been totally ignored. Um, General Manager Brian Gutekunst was first up today, and I legit thought that he has taken Rodgers' words to heart. Um, I think the Randall Cobb trade, which is still not official because I think there's some financial stuff, including Rodgers' contract, that needs to get done to make that happen. Um, I think that that is a good-faith effort by Gutekunst, even though he never said that. Um, to show Rodgers that, hey, this is the guy that you pushed for. And Rodgers did say he pushed for Randall Cobb at the start of this free agent cycle. Um, I think that the acquisition of him is um, a good faith effort, or pushed from the previous one, excuse me, was a good faith effort from Gutekunst to say, hey, I hear you. We do need to take into account more what you're saying. I'm going to show you that by trading for him. It was um, – the, the adults were in the room, so to speak, today. I, I think um, both guys made their points, for sure. I know that deadlines sometimes push these things to the point where you've got to address them. I guess my question to you would be, and this is both for Aaron and for Brian Gutekunst, why did it take this long for the adults, in your, room, in, in your, in your words, to get in the room? Couldn't this have been solved and resolved months ago? That's a good question. I don't, um, it should have been, you know, one thing that 
that Rogers said today was that team he he, he expected the the team to come to him for a contract extension this off season. Hell, man, we've talked about this on the show before. They were so far over the salary cap. Excuse me, my, my kids just got home from scout camp. Um, they nice. were so far Hi, over kids. the cap this off. <laughs> they were so far over the cap this off season. I mean, twenty eight million dollars over. The the most obvious move in the world was to restructure Rogers' contract. Because his cap number, I think it's thirty-seven million. They could have lopped off like twenty million of it. So the Packers win. Rodgers wins because now he he's got the security. Rodgers just wants to be the quarterback. Um, he wants and he he wants a commitment from commitment from the team, and that didn't happen. So yeah, I, I think I think the Packers are playing. And I guess I, I guess I don't blame them. The Packers are playing both sides of the fence. They drafted Jordan Love with the obvious plan that he'd be the starting quarterback in twenty twenty-two, based on Rodgers' rather mediocre play the previous two seasons and as Rodgers has said himself winning MVP changed everything and I think the Packers tried to play both sides of it as um we have Rodgers we have love let's go forward with Rodgers and, and move on with him and Rodgers said to hell with this I'm gonna take back um I'm gonna have some control of this I'm not gonna let you guys decide when I'm gone I, I want to have a say in this so I, I guess the middle of the road stance from the Packers and just not and the, the wishy-washiness of of it I think that's probably Probably the big factor there. All right, Bill, your take on what Devontae Adams said. A, a whole different airing of the grievances when it comes to him. Yeah, he wants to be the highest paid receiver in, in football, and when you are the best receiver in football, um, that stands to reason the Packers are not, at this point, willing to make that happen. Um, so if, if, if that's not going to happen, if the Packers aren't going to make him the highest paid receiver in football, he is not going to resign. Plain and simple. Um my good friend Matt Simmons from The Athletic asked if he would come back for less if he'd be guaranteed to be playing with Rodgers next year. No. I think, and I think Adam said something along the lines of, something along the lines of, in no walk of life should you take less money than you're worth. Which is true. Even when you're talking, I mean, even when you're talking about five years and $125 million compared to five years and $100 million. It's silly money, right? But I see his point. Well, yeah, unless the Packers up the ante, he's not coming back. Do you think that he was, in, Bill? I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you do you feel like he was insulted by the Packers' first offer? Would you characterize him as using air quotes disgruntled because of that offer? Probably. I mean, these guys are all they're all prideful guys. They're all alpha males, and when you're the best, you expect to be treated like the best. So, yeah, probably was. Um, yeah, I don't know how it gets fixed because if you're the Packers, here's here's a question for you. He's going to be 29 years old at the end of December. Do you want to be paying? I'm going to totally make up a number here. Do you want to be on the hook for twenty? Well, you know, twenty make up twenty. We'll say twenty-eight million dollars. You want to be paying twenty-eight million dollars for a receiver when he's thirty-two years old? I wouldn't. No. Uh, if that's rhetorical, I'd say no. Yeah. I mean, or if it's not rhetorical, right. yeah. So, I mean, that's that's yeah, too so much. Again, I have, yeah, I have no idea. No idea if that's the team's trouble here. I mean, they have cap issues beyond that. But um, if I was running a team, I would say, man, that's a lot of money for a guy who's is it going to be worth that much money in the future? That'd be tough. Can I play devil's advocate here, though? But as long as you have Aaron Rodgers playing at anything close to the clip that he played at a year ago, and as long as you've got the asset of Devontae Adams, can't you kick the can down the road and suck a few years down the road for the chance to win a Super Bowl this year? Oh, to win it this year, sure. Which is why, which is why Goody deleted everybody's contract. I mean, like um, to get under the cap for this year, but twenty twenty two. My God, they're like. Thirty-five million over the cap. I mean, good God, they—they're going to have to move heaven and earth to get under the cap without, you know, playing whack-a-mole in the roster, right? 
Ooh, I, so I don't know how you resign. Well, I guess you can maybe restructure Rodgers in a way that frees up money for Adams. But, but my, at some point, there's just there are no, no more money trees to shake. Yeah. So they've. So I, like Goody said something today. Um, paraphrasing, they go all in every year, but kind of especially so this year. Um, because they had, obviously, you know, you come up a thirteen and three and home field advantage, and you really should have gone to the Super Bowl. Um, they did the best they could to keep this team together. Coaches and GMs sometimes have different um, different goals in mind. I mean, obviously, the ultimate goal is the same, but the GM has to have that long term outlook. Um, the coach wants to win. The coach wants to win right now. You know, these guys go. Four and twelve with Jordan, or four and thirteen with Jordan Love in 2022. Lafleur's going to go from darling of the league to on the hot seat in no time, right? Um, coaches want to win, and Aaron Rodgers gives them the chance to win. Um, there is no patience as the coach. Um, you've got to win, or you're um, sending out your resume. So is it all kumbaya, seashells and balloons, as Al McGuire would say in Green Bay, at <laughs> least for the time being? That's probably a strong, probably a strong word for it, but I mean, um. Everyone, everybody's here for, for the common goal of winning. Um, that's what Rodgers is here because he, he loves – I mean, he said he loves the loves the, the franchise and the city and, the, and his teammates. He said that any number of times today. They all want to win, so they have that common goal of wanting to win. Um, or is LaFleur – or not LaFleur. Goody and Rodgers going to go out and have a beer tonight? No. Just get it done. There, there's no point just letting this be a story. And at this point, it is done, right? I mean, we'll probably we'll mention it here and there. Yeah. Um, when the Packers are four and zero or zero and four, you know, wherever the hell they are at the end of the month. God, um, if they're zero and four, that's exactly. <laughs> Please no. We'll, we'll I can only imagine um, what the storylines are going to be. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to be. Um, you know, you'll, I'm sure we'll, the, either way, the, the you know the relationship will get brought up. But at, at this point, it's over and done. I'm not going to go mention it to. Now, we talk to Goody every week. I'm not going to talk about the relationship with Rodgers next next week. And I assume we'll talk to Rodgers next week. I'm not going to talk about Goody next week. It's it'll, it's time to move on. So, yep, let's let's uh, let's talk about it today and tomorrow and get on with the football season. But again, because again, these guys want to win a Super Bowl, and letting this hang out there is uh, does nobody any good. Sports Illustrated's Bill Huber joining Bob Brainerd and me on the crossover. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on our socials. Again, certainly lots to talk about with Aaron Rodgers, lots to talk about with what this 2021 Packers season is going to look like. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Doug Russell Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Doug Russell Podcast. You can find us on YouTube as well. But uh, for all of our shows, you can just find us on our website, www.dougrussellpod.com. Great way to get in touch with the program as well. Again, www.dougrussellpod.com. We will talk to you at the end of the week. Got a fun show for you coming up on uh, Friday. You'll want to be sure to stick around for that. But we love uh, the fact that you listen to any and all of these shows. And if you made it this far, it's been a long podcast. I recognize that. I thank you for uh, tuning in. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast. Podcast.